There's a lot of strange sex all around our world. Can't get pregnant that way. That's her butthole. You might find out you're queer. Or get a pap smear. Fuck tails. Hopping rabbit furs on tubas. Fuck tails. Tales that make you wanna cringe or fuck tales. Reuse your condoms, no please do not Just throw one in her, she's a robot You might even hear some of your own fuck tales Reddit threads and fed life blogs of fuck tales Have sex with a ghost and that's a fuck tale Not virgin tales or chastity tales, no fuck tales Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Digital Intercourse, the shame-busting podcast from the buckle of the Bible belt. My name is Tom King, and I am joined once again by the repeat that can't be beat, Kara. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well. Fall is is kind of upon us. Now, Oklahoma never goes into fall, certainly. Like, it'll be cold, and then it'll get warm again, and it'll be cold again. Are are you ready for fall? I am, because I have, like, the cutest sweaters that are tucked in the back (laughs) of a closet, and, like... It's just way too fucking hot to wear on, yeah. you know, during the summer and all that. And I'm like, oh, I want those, I want those. Of course, I mean, I've got bigger tits this year, so I don't know if they're going to fit. Well, I've never complained about a sweater fitting someone's tits too tightly. I think that'll be okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I figured, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. That was always the big turnoff for Scooby-Doo, right? <laughs> Velma's, Velma's top was just way too tight. God damn it, Velma. <laughs> Devo, you're here with us today, which can mean only one thing. It's time for a quickie episode of Fuck Tales. Woohoo! Yes, it is, Tom. And uh, we got some doozies here today uh, coming out uh, in the Fuck Tales here. Our first story comes to us uh, here, I believe, from our fair city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, at least it was a local story here. Uh, and I did notice when I was looking at the story again, they don't give the dude's name. Uh- <laughs> At all in here, but it says couple celebrates I don't with a photo shoot after divorce. Uh, so basically, this couple has decided that they were going to uh, do the opposite of wedding photos and have a photo shoot to celebrate their divorce. They're untying the knot. They're untying the knot, and and uh, (laughs) the 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 uh, bride to not be, I guess here, uh, uh, Shalina Casanova. I guess he wasn't enough of a Casanova to keep her, I guess. Uh, but Shalina Casanova says uh, that, you know, uh, they decided to do this, explain why they did this, to saying the oh well so shameful deed. We are by no means condoning divorce. However, we are not ashamed to celebrate the end of our marriage. We chose to co-parent successfully. We chose to separate for the kids and not believe that lie that staying together for the sake of kids is what is best for them. We love fully when we love ourselves the best or something like that. Uh, yeah, so they're celebrating their divorce. A little bit different take on uh, on celebratory pictures here. I mean, I know this is um, – we'll get into it, but uh, I, I know this guy is canceled now. But this reminds me of the old uh, Louis C.K. bit when uh, he would say, you know, he just got divorced. And everybody would go, oh, he's like – why? <laughs> like, I got divorced because I wasn't happy. It wasn't like someone, like, if we were happily married and someone held a gun to my head and forced us to get divorced, you could go, oh, but this is a good thing. Like, and they're, they're celebrating that. Uh, we were happy for a while and we found out we weren't. We ended it. <laughs> right. Now, I have never been married uh, that I know of. Uh, 
Uh, Tom, I don't think you've ever been married that I, I know. Uh, but what can... if we were married to each other and oh. neither of us knew it? <laughs> so my... I am an ordained minister. We can make that happen <laughs> right here, right now. I am also an ordained minister, and I will cancel that marriage immediately. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, but I believe that maybe someone in here has been married before. I have. I am on my third marriage. And uh, I believe you were saying that you would have probably celebrated like this if you'd have thought about it. Uh, with, I did. Yeah. With, with my second wife. Um, we, I pulled the plug on it. Like My first marriage was a train wreck. She was a... Oh, God. Anyways, I'm not, I don't have enough time <laughs> to talk about her. But um, like we realized that being married was horrible. Like, we did things good, we were parenting good, we did all that stuff, but just being a married couple, we sucked at it. And so we went through and we got a divorce. Um, we drafted up. At that time, um, we had a three-year-old and there was no fight over custody. There was no fight over child support. There was no, there was no nothing. Um, we came to Tulsa, had the paperwork drafted up, took it back to the courthouse. We sat side by side. We went up to the to the judge, and the judge was like, oh, do you have this paperwork? And I'm like, I don't know. Do I have that? Do you have that? And we were, like, laughing and cutting up, and the judge was like, are y'all sure y'all want a divorce? And we're like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, like, we are fucking done. Um, but now I, I completely agree with that. Um, not staying married for the kids bullshit, because now I am so thankful that my now 8-year-old daughter has four parents that love her, that care about her. We co-parent together. Like if you look up what the courts want you to do is co-parenting, we have that textbook. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's wonderful. So, um, yeah, I think it would have been hilarious to do those photo shoots. Um, I wish I would have thought of it. Yeah. We had uh, a while back, you can find this in the digital intercourse archives, uh, Tulsa sweetheart, Evan Hughes yeah. came by uh, to talk about being a stepdad. So his, I don't know. Are they married yet? I think so. Yeah. His, yeah. So his wife, uh, she has a son from her previous marriage, and he said the same thing you just said. Like, there are so many between, because his wife and her baby daddy, uh, they're still friends. So he's got, like, you know, he's got his family with his mom. He's got his family right. with his dad. He's got all the grandparents. He's got yep. s- such a huge, and then and now he's got Evan's family, and, and then his dad's girlfriend or wife's family. So he's got all these people around him. He's got a huge support group. Rather than having a household with a, a mom and dad that hate each other and don't need to be living together. <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. I remember the first thing that my daughter said about it. She was like, so does this mean I get more presents at Christmas? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, I can't really the, blame her, I guess. The child's figured it out. Oh, I'm <laughs> telling you. Well, it's capitalism at its finest, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There's two Santas now. <laughs> That was a little more difficult to explain. <laughs> yeah. Then you just got to worry about which Santa's better Santa. <laughs> well, that's, and that's Santa. why we talked that out yeah, yeah, yeah. beforehand, and uh, <laughs> we make sure that that all works yeah. out. Equitable Santas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving on from the uh, divorce photo shoot, uh, we're going to go to a story about uh, uh, kind of an obituary story here. Now, um, this woman died on September 11th, 2020. Uh, and this, we're talking about Cher Height. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess it's Cher Height. Is that's how you pronounce so, it? Yeah. Pronounce it. Um, but S H E R E Height, H I T E. And uh, you, you may or may not have heard of her, but you've probably been familiar with sort of the crux of her work. Her uh, first book that debuted was the Height Report. And uh, what uh, Mrs. Height did here um, 
uh, I guess Ms. Hyde at this point, is uh, she wrote books that were groundbreaking in that they said women did not need conventional sexual intercourse, or men for that matter, to achieve sexual satisfaction. And what's surprising is that she was not burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> well... This was at least the, she was in the seventies when she did this. It was her, uh, the Height Report, a nationwide study on female of female sexuality in nineteen seventy six. Uh, long after, uh, you know, um, I'm forgetting her name now, but uh, in the nineteen twenties and thirties, uh, when uh, oh, I, I can't remember her name right now, but when she came out with the uh, the groundbreaking idea that uh, women enjoy sex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Susan B. Freud. Susan, no, not Susan. Uh, not Susan B. Freud. Uh, but yeah, no, this has always been a thing of uh, people being shocked and awed by when women come out and express that maybe men uh, don't get to dictate sex lives. At dictate. Yeah. Uh, I'll see what you get there. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is uh, one of the famous scenes from the show Big Mouth, where it's... Uh, the, the older sister tells her younger brother, who's just now hitting puberty, like, sometimes girls get horny, too, and then his head explodes. <laughs> like, she did that for all of society in 1976. Yeah. Now, uh, so, basically, I mean, this is, you've got, you got to think that, you know, we're, the traditional belief is that, <laughs> I don't know, like, it, 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 sex is a male-dominated act. Well, in right? a male-dominated society, yeah. And, and even still a little bit today, like, all you know a porn scene's not over until there's cum on a woman's face. Or a man's face if it's two men. But you gotta have, you gotta have cum squirting out of a dick or the scene's still going. <laughs> that's how you know the scene's that is, that is one way to, that is one way to, uh, to do that. Uh, we know what your porn history looks like now, Tom. <laughs> Boy, Tom, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Riley Reed gives, does a great facial. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I, I'm really down a rabbit hole that I've forgotten the name of this woman. Uh, I want to say it's Jane Adams, but I don't think it is Jane Adams who did Whole House. Uh, but yeah, no, this was this stuff has been shocking. You know, you brought up Freud. Freud's whole thing was that um, sex is like the root of all of our actions or, or whatever. Everything we do is to try to please whoever we are sexually attracted to. Um, whether or not it's you know that's why we pursue jobs. That's why we groom ourselves. It's the idea of having sex, right? Um, which that's a simple, obviously boiled down uh, version of that. And then other people have argued that you know like. Uh, these groundbreaking things. Uh, her issue is that people did not, uh, you know, they did not like her work very much, obviously. Um, it says here, uh, most response, uh, most respondents to Heights questionnaire. So she sent out questionnaires to get things, um, to get information, thought that the sexual revolution was a myth that had let left them free to say yes but not to say no. So he's, she's writing in the 70s. So we're, we're post, you know, the sort of sexual revolution of the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, Erica Young, uh, author of Fear of Flying, wrote in reviewing the Height Report of the New York Times, these respondents, Mrs. Young added, felt the double standard was alive and well, that the quantity of sex had gone up, but not the quality. 
of sex. And so she's writing from a, uh, a view that this supposed sexual liberation of this 1970s that was, that's was that been so vaunted in sort of like pop culture and stuff like that was really just one-sided. <laughs> like yeah. that dudes were having a lot more sex, but it wasn't really doing anything for the women on the other side. They were getting um, a lot more mediocre dick. That's what <laughs> Uh, then it goes on here, and I think this is a pretty good patch. I've got a few here. Uh, if women felt liberated, many men were alarmed. They regarded Ms. Hyde as an unwelcome messenger who was telling them that they had been doing things all wrong. Uh, at the same time, the rising Christian right saw her championing of women's sexual pleasure as contributing to the dissolution of the family. Um, what about the family and the children. I don't know why it is that the this this right always thinks that anything that does with sex is trying to destroy families. Uh, sex is the only thing that can create a family. <laughs> that is true. And I would argue that if there is good sex between mom and dad, that family's probably going to stick together a little bit longer. Yeah. Or at least be much happier during the divorce. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, another quote from hers. It says, uh, researchers should stop telling women what they should feel sexually and start asking them what they do feel sexually, uh, which was at that time pre-revolutionary. It was still, it was like what Freud, it was a lot of like male researchers identifying sex for women. Yeah. For it turns sure. out they didn't all know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, but there is, uh, you know, I, the... The thing that we have here, like, I, I don't want to say, okay, so this is where we get into the tricky territory of I'm not trying to say um, that she's not important and that this book isn't good. But this article then goes on to talk about uh, how people, one, there are people that are accusing her of, like, trying to destroy families. There are other people accusing her that her methodology is bad. Uh, and I would argue that her methodology is very, very flawed. And should this, these books should not be regarded as they can be regarded as scientific addendums, I believe, but not actual scientific study. Um, because she relies on a relatively low amount of questionnaires. Uh, for her book on men that she wrote, The Height Report on Men and Male Sexuality in 1981, she relied on 7,000 reports coming from men. The book that she followed that up with, uh, I believe she, uh, another book about women, I think the number was somewhere around 4,700 respondents to her, to her study. And this is what we often find, the problems with like the Kinsey report and the stuff that Freud did and everything else. And like all sorts of things is, who are the people filling out these reports? Like we're not sitting down and going to everyone and saying, you must fill out. The, this is like, not like a census, right? Um, and so you then have to start thinking, are there flaws in this methodology? That doesn't mean that she's not right in saying that women were unsatisfied by men and the sexual revolution had come up short for women. It just means that you can't really take her work as a gospel on it because, well, um, People like one of the biggest problems with like birth control pills. I think we may have talked about this in the past is that so many of the tests on birth control pills were done on college women because those were the, where they were doing the research. So the only people that got tests done on them were of basically very similar economic backgrounds. They tended to be white. And so that's why with a lot of drugs that affect women and, and men, it's too. You have these sample sizes and sampling areas that just aren't really big or broad enough to give you a true idea idea on this. Um, so 
I, I took a little bit of an umbrage with that part of the article, making it seem like people were attacking her without merit. When, like, if I told you I did a study and I studied and I asked you two, <laughs> and, and people were, yeah, I did this study and, like, people in Oklahoma are really super sexually liberated. Like, it was crazy, man. And then I said, hey, could you guys pass this study off to your friends? You're probably not going and showing up at the Baptist church and handing out my study to see how, you know, whatever it is. And I, this is another one of the big intrinsic flaws with the Kinsey Report. You know, the Kinsey Report, which uh, said there were, you know, so many... Uh, homosexual encounters amongst men is predicated on the idea that the people that were doing that report are going to be people that are willing to divulge that information, right. which yeah. most people aren't. Right. So I, I say this just because we like to latch on to these things. And unfortunately, if it seems like it plays into what you believe and it seems like it's slick and actually engaging, <laughs> then it's probably not actual scientific research. Because actual scientific research is going to take years and years and years of compiling massive amounts of data and everything else. Again, not to say that I don't agree with her uh, 100%. It's just that we kind of need to watch out when we pick who we pick and choose to be our sort of purveyors of truth and knowledge in these things. Yeah. I mean, it seems like yeah. this, this study is kind of a, a starting point. But not a comprehensive, you know, necessarily be all end all study. She was coming out and saying some things that just weren't. You, you couldn't even have that topic in 1976. Like, oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Men were just really good at sex, and that's who we are. <laughs> it's like, and so just getting that opened uh, was a starting point, not necessarily an ending point. Well, I mean, you know, if if men are, are the uh, the greater sex, and or you know, or you have to have a man involved to have great sex. Tell that to two lesbians. <laughs> I have. It didn't go well. <laughs> I imagine not. But then again, by the same token, tell two gay men that you got to have a woman involved to have great sex. And they're like, the fuck you do? <laughs> like, we don't need no pussy. Get that shit out of here. And, and guys, not to be not to be that guy, but I, I had to get there. It was Margaret Sanger who championed uh, birth control in the 1920s and 30s. And I don't mean the pill. I mean, this. we're talking about the time when women could not get condoms uh you had to be prescribed condoms to have birth control and then she came out and said hey guess what women enjoy having sex <laughs> and then everyone's right. like ah burn her at the stake <laughs> luckily she weighed yeah. more than a duck and didn't yeah she did yeah she didn't so uh but yeah so she found that america was very unreceptive to her message so much so that she eventually decides uh, her the end of her trilogy was Women in Love, A Cultural Revolution in Progress. Uh, and so she decides to renounce her citizenship and moves to Europe, um, where they are, I guess, more free-spirited than we are here in the United States, which I think is kind of generally, except for maybe the British. They seem pretty repressed. I don't a know. A bit uptight, isn't it? Yeah, not is that, that a good British accent? A bit uptight, isn't Not it? that one guy we talked about on an episode that was having the giant outdoor... Uh, oh, yeah, the millionaire that had the, uh, the outdoor yeah. orgy in London. Yeah, that was before you were you were oh, with yeah. us. Yeah, he I, just had yeah. He was it was a, a socially distanced outdoor orgy. Yeah, how that hey? He's got a big backyard because he's got lots of money, and then just you come and whoever you come and you come. That's basically yeah, you come you come. Come. Hey. 
But hey, hey, whatever, it all works out. Um, but going from uh, historical data and uh, passing of this woman, we're going to go to something uh, completely uh, different and uh, very odd, which is uh, most horrifying sex in- injuries. This is coming to us. Uh, well, you don't need to know where it's coming from because I don't have it on. Oh, the mirror.uk. Yeah, I, it wasn't on the page there. Uh, but yeah, these are a lot. Of, it's just a list of a lot of horrifying sex injuries, which... Uh, I've kind of caught by the wayside that our get that not me may have some uh, <laughs> some experience with horrifying sex in- injuries, uh, but let's go over a few of theirs to begin. Uh, one is the uh, spider bite. Uh, the, the, like my understanding is, this guy ordered a spider to have a sexual encounter with a spider. That's my understanding as well. And special ordered a venomous spider up the ass. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. It does appear, I mean, there's only a short paragraph on it. Uh, it does appear he was doing it, like, to see if the tiger would... spot The tiger. The spider... <laughs> well, uh, you got a whole tiger up your ass. Holy fuck. You know what? That would be a lot. Uh, yeah, to see if the spider would tickle his asshole. Uh, it bit him, shockingly enough. Uh, yeah. And so here's the thing. Don't put spiders up your ass. But... If you do want to put something up your ass, you can check out our sponsors over at PeggingToys.com. It's not only about pegging toys. Sure, they've got lots of strap-ons that you can peg with, but they've also got anal beads and butt plugs, lubricant, which is very important, and hygiene products, which are also very important when you're doing butt stuff. Enter promo code DIGITAL for 10% off your first purchase at PeggingToys.com. Yeah, uh... But, they don't have spiders. Yeah, they don't have spiders. Uh, they might have something named the spider, but I doubt it's like, you know, they might have something with like eight legs or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, apparently uh, this uh, got poisonous and now he lost uh, part of his bowels and uh, basically has a colostomy bag now because yeah. of it. Which uh, So yeah, don't do that. Be careful uh, what you put up your butt. Uh, also, probably don't put lava lamps up your butt. I know that they look like uh, giant butt plugs. They do. They do. Uh, but, you know. That's not what they're meant for. <laughs> I mean, they are oily on the inside, but not really on the outside. One of the ones I enjoyed here was the 70-year-old man who decided to put a pencil in his urethra. And what's the problem with that? Well, pencils are made of wood. They get wet <laughs> and they expand. Mm-hmm. And it got stuck up in there. And uh, boy, he went to the doctor instead of saying, hey, doc, I got a pencil in my urethra. He said, I'm suffering from urinary retention. Of, ah, of, well, that's one way to phrase it. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you've stopped up the dam. Yeah, that's what's going to go happen here. Uh, boy, there's some other ones. You ever seen, Kara, have you ever seen any strange objects entered into a urethra? I have. <laughs> so um, I, I worked a long time and uh, in the medical field, both as a medic um, and I worked in the ER and stuff like that. And so... Um, during one of my, uh, my clinical rotations in an ER, we, uh, we had a guy come in and, um, he was in obvious, like severe discomfort. And so we're like, what's going on? And he was like, well, it's, it's probably just going to be better if I show you. And I'm like, all right. So he starts undoing his pants and I was like, okay, here we go. And like his penis was probably, I don't know, three inches wide and flat as a fucking pancake. And I was like, oh, well, um, I mean, I have a penis. And so I'm like, that's okay. That's not natural. Um, at least mine doesn't look like that. Um, and so I was like, well, what happened? And he, him and his girlfriend both, they were like, we're not really sure. 
What? How do you not know? And I just woke up and my dick was flashed. <laughs> um, pretty much. I mean, they were drunk and high. And so um, I put on an exam glove and I grabbed a hold of the penis and like I squeezed it and it went back to like normal shape. But there was a lot of tension there. And as soon as I let go, it went right back to a pancake. And I was like, what the hell? Sent him out for x-rays, comes back, and um, have you ever seen um, what bobby pins look like when you separate them and then you try to push them back together? They never really go all the way back together. Well, they separated them, squeezed the back tips together, and started shoving them down the head of his dick. And I'm not talking one. I'm not talking two. <laughs> that look is priceless. Yeah, that's the look I, I made the first time I heard this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 um, gosh, it's been so long ago. I forget the exact number. It was like 20 or 30 something. Oh, of my them. gosh. Yeah, Sheesh. it was an astounding amount. Um, obviously, I had to go into surgery um, so that they could get all this removed. But, uh, yeah, that's probably the most alarming one that I've heard. But, like, I'm telling you, like... If you want to get ask a medic like their best story, like what's the best call you worked, I guarantee you it's related to something sexual escapade <laughs> gone wrong. The first Always. time I heard Kara tell that story was in the dungeon, and surprisingly, no one did sounding play that night. <laughs> Not at all. I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, there's another story on here. Uh, a guy, I've removed seven full 11-inch carrots from someone, from a man's asshole. He couldn't get an erection, so his lady friend tried to stimulate his prostate. Uh, he, and, and he had the prostate removed several years prior due to cancer. So they were trying to stimulate a prostate that wasn't even there. Oof. Somebody needs to tell them that the prostate's not that far in. Yeah, much shorter than 11 inches. Uh, yeah, you don't you even need one a, carrot uh, and have it at part of it. Most <laughs> of it is a handle. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite one of these was the guy that poured concrete in his butt to make a dildo. You know, I mean, yeah. like, like plaster of Paris, even that's, Why I don't is know, there that, are so many like things. Like, use a Pringles can. Like, there's so many things you can pour well, concrete into. I mean, I guess he's going for the perfect fit i don't know like well okay. i mean there's like the, the clone of dong kits you know like, yeah, yeah but that, so i get like jamming your willy in a mold but i don't get right. like maybe he couldn't find and the right it, maybe he couldn't find the right thing on pegging toys for him yes, and yes, he yes, wanted yes, to make his own definitely. they don't sell concrete or carrots so it's like, also why wouldn't you use a condom with this you're just gonna concrete your whole lower intestines there pal and does he think that there's a End like 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 like, <laughs> like part of me says that there's no way that he was sober when this happened. I mean, because right. tell me you haven't got talked into some really dumb shit when you've been. been yeah, but sober. you know, I've not gotten talked into going down to the Lowe's and buying a bag of Quick Crete. Well, he throw... already had the concrete. <laughs> it was just sitting out there, out back. I figured, what the fuck, man? Let's fucking do. Repaving the driveway and had some left over. I said, fuck it. I need something to put in my butt. But yeah, I you know I think the old adage is that if there's something that could be stuck stuck in up someone's ass, someone will try to do it at some point. So, yeah. but yeah, that was uh, yeah all sorts of fruit is always very popular. Avocado, we have avocados that are that are done there. Like mm -hmm. here's what, and maybe I haven't read the entire article, but uh, seems like all of these 
involve a man. I don't know that anyone's did anything stupid with their vagina. I mean, I'm sure someone has. You know, it seems like... I can tell you something. Okay. Let me say, it does Mm -hmm. seem like anytime you hear about something weird going up a woman's vagina, it's usually, like, criminal-related. It's like (laughs) they found, like, three pounds of hash and, like, two handguns or something. Like, like that that seems to happen quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have a friend that she has a fascination with uh, putting condiments inside of her pussy. And now when I when you think condiments, you're like, oh, it's like the ketchup bottle. No, 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 not the bottle, just the substance. And like, if you can think it up, it's went inside her pussy. Um, and it, some stuff has gone horribly, horribly wrong. And, um, and, and she's done some stuff uh, anally. She had a, uh, a champagne bottle stuck up her ass, right? And it vacuumed. So they had to break the back side of the champagne bottle oh, to God. get it out. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I hang out with some really kinky fuckers. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I just blame the lack of prevalence of sex toys for people. I mean, Amazon really needs to work on their, you know, their little drones, like for, for yeah. people who are in the mood that it can just show up really quickly and not have to wait. Although I may have to borrow your friend from my next cookout and just let her be the condiment dispenser. <laughs> you just <laughs> take a bunch of ketchup and squirt it out on your hot dog. Um, she, she did work on how to shoot glitter out of her pussy, so I'm, I'm sure she can probably uh, probably squeeze some uh, some condiments out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Boy, that, that's a party trick. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, not parties that I've gone to, but maybe the ones you've gone to. I, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was overseas, they dragged me into a strip club, and they told me they were like, oh, this is the best one ever. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl bends down. This was in St. Martin. Bends down, picks up what looks like a stack of quarters. And you're like, oh, okay, that's a cool novelty trick, right? They're mm-hmm. all glued together, whatever. She walks across the stage casually, stands over the top of a cup, and drops them one at a time. And I was like, holy wow. shit. I'm, I'm impressed, and I'm scared what you would do to me. <laughs> a little um, intrigued, but scared. Do we, do, we, do we call that a slit machine? Ah. Nah. <laughs> Gash. You've been hanging around Ethan, <laughs> enemy of the show, Ethan Sandoval, too much. Dash. <laughs> All right, so I think we're done with uh, the with the sex injuries yeah. here. Yeah. Let's get to our final little uh, little Reddit story here. Uh, we got it here. I met my sugar daddy slash boyfriend on seeking arrangements. I made it clear that I wanted a man to spoil and date me. I'm marriage minded. Okay, don't know that those two go hand in hand necessarily. <laughs> Definitely uh, not. <laughs> Hey, be my sugar daddy. I want to get married. Uh, He agreed on these terms in the beginning, and I can tell that this is bold and in italics. Uh, We've been dating for one year now, and he's extremely cheap. I end up buying my own stuff because he won't. He's uh, he's own multiple businesses, their words, not mine, but he never spoils me. Whenever I want something like a handbag for $100, he says no. He can buy himself whatever, but it's always a no for me. He even brags about luxury items he bought his previous girlfriends, but I'm not good enough. I know what you might be thinking. Why don't you use your own money? That's not the relationship we agreed on. He's supposed to buy me things. If I knew he was going to be a cheap liar, I wouldn't have entered into a relationship with him. I want to break up with, but what is, what's the nicest way to do it? <laughs> I think feelings are out the fucking window when it comes to something like this. I mean, that's just me personally, but there's, oh, there's a lot wrong with that. 
There is. Now, I think, had he not lied to her, they might have developed some feelings. You know? Maybe. Because I know that I've, I've worked at restaurants, and you got your regulars that come in, and they Absolutely. always sit in your section. And we may not ever hang out outside of the restaurant, but we enjoy each other's company while we're here, right? Right. Uh, so a sugar daddy thing, I, I've seen, I've got um, some friends that have done that. And you, right. you get some uh, relationship, you build some some camaraderie. Uh, but this guy's just total total cheaping out on the deal here. He's, he's a sugar daddy with no sugar. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's true. I also don't see why she's worried about breaking up with him because she clearly thinks he's a liar and she doesn't <laughs> like him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the nicest way to do it? I don't care. Yeah. I, 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 like you like just tell him, hey, this isn't the agreement. This here. sounds like Colin Red on this entire relationship. Right. You've broken protocol. This sounds like <laughs> a guy that got in a little over his head at the beginning. And what? yeah. I mean, maybe he got in over his head, but at the same time, like, if he's, you know, getting the milk and he doesn't have to pay for the cows, then why not, right? I mean, if he's getting sex and he's not having to buy her shit and she stays. You mean ah. literally paying for the cows? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think the uh, answer is to uh, just, uh, I don't know, break up with him? How Could we say that in a more comedic manner? Maybe a, a, a way that rhymes. Because I think this guy's a real chump. Uh, you should probably dump that chump. Dump that chump! Classic chump dump. But you should definitely dump that chump at the nicest restaurant you can find. Like, try to get him to... At this point, it kind of sounds like maybe it's an Applebee's for you. Uh, but the <laughs> nicest restaurant he's willing to go to get and that. order the most expensive stuff... Get that and, two for 20. And then instead of, like, breaking up with him, just leave. That way he has to pay for it. Ooh. That's That's the way to sort of turn these yeah, screws right, right, here right, yeah. to take that knife and just twist it in there a little bit. So, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a sadistic person, I guess. You are. Yeah. Not not the most sadistic person in this room. <laughs> well, you got to call a big cat. <laughs> well, I, maybe maybe mentally. Maybe okay. that's it. Yes, right. yeah. I, you know, the worst kind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not a sadistic person. I got some fun stuff to plug for you. Uh, we do this all the time. We're plugging OnlyFans pages, and I've got mine up and raring to go. Uh, OnlyFans backslash knob underscore sterling. I'm going to be doing some porn parodies once I get those written out and get them cast. Uh, I'm just going to be doing right now. It's just porn parodies with me. So I've got a lot of silly stuff that I'm doing. I'm going to be doing movie monologues that I've turned into porn parodies. Uh, you can check those out. And if if a if a dude being funny with his dick out isn't what you're into, I'm a free subscribe by the way. And our friend Mason, who's been on the show a couple of times, she has a free OnlyFans show uh, at Free Mason. So follow her on OnlyFans. She got some good teaser clips. You can leave her some tips, and uh, she'll tell you about custom videos if you slide in them DMs and let her know you're a, a real sugar daddy and not mm, a fake one. Not a fake right. one. Kara, what do you got? Anything? I have absolutely nothing. I'm boring. I know. <laughs> uh, well, I believe this is coming out the, uh, let's see, this is going to come out on September 29th, which means on October 11th, you can uh, go to the Looney Bin Tulsa and help out friend of the show, Michael Patton, if you would like. His Laugh Liberally uh, comedy showcase is going on there. And uh, part of those, uh, I believe it's the League of Women Voters that some of the proceeds are going to go to for that show, but it's uh, $30 in advance and $40. Uh, at the door you can see some great comedy that night from some local people Barry Friedman of the NPR Tulsa will be on there nice. and uh, also a couple of uh, I don't remember their names but they are from a uh, I believe theater company Oklahoma but from like the late 70s and 80s and uh 
used to be quite the thing around town, and they're they're coming back for this show. So uh, go check that out at the Looney Bin, a sponsor of Sounds Tooth for a long, long time, and uh, buy some drinks and help out Michael Patton and all that stuff. And as always, be sure to check out everything on Sounds Tooth, facebook.com slash Sounds Tooth, all of our great shows. Uh, anything you want, check out our events that we got coming up. We got uh, shows that we've been booking, outdoor comedy shows, everything else. Oh, that's right. There's a patio show on October 3rd at Zach Amon's house. Uh, it's come and sit on the front patio and listen to comedy for free. You can literally bring whatever you want. <laughs> like, we don't care. So, be your O, BYO question mark. Yeah, bring be, whatever you, you want. Bring whatever you want. Uh, and, and give us a rate and review if, you're, if you've listened to this long of the episode. I assume you've enjoyed it. Uh, so give us a five-star rating. Get us a review. That helps us get out to more people so we can spread our digital intercourse love all over the world, baby. If you will. Well, that's it for today's episode. My name is Tom King. And I'm Gary Armstrong. I'm Devo. And this has been Digital Intercourse. <laughs>